Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento, 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 Sacramento. Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 136. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm Kaplan. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram. You can find Kaplan at K-A-P, Kaplan America on Instagram. For, and forget me, Lost in America. Yes. Find us. Who cares? I just post boring pictures of my kids. No one wants to see those. We're shooting up but the we're rankings. We're going to start posting a lot of content about the pod on Lost in America. They say so, that this it's all about content, I heard. It's all days. about content. What does that mean? What is content? That's Instagram. I know, but what are we... Like, we can't just post a, like, go listen to this episode. We got to post something else, I think. No, you can we do whatever do you want. No, it just means any content anything. means anything. Anything. Anything's and content. If you, do any, if you do content, you become a billionaire. All right. So, if I post a picture and thank them, the, the good people of Stamp New York for this uh, Modella beer. Don't they gave say me. the name oh, of the beer. They didn't pay the, us. Oh, you're right. All right. Yeah. A beer. But if I post a picture, I, uh, that, that's content. That, it's all say, content. You. All right. Well, that's good. On the podcast today, we have Adam Van Levison, the author, is coming back. Ooh, back to second guest. That's uh, joining a prestigious club of second time, second timers. Yeah, he did uh, the Abu Dhabi Bar Mitzvah was his uh, book that came out, I believe, last I year. I think we shot it up at the top of the charts. We'll find out. We'll confirm that when he gets on. We did. Yeah, yeah. it went to number one on iTunes or wherever <laughs> books, books go. Books don't get sold on <laughs> yeah. iTunes. And then uh, now he's back. He's doing his PhD at Yale on comedy. There's a, that's a thing? Something like that. <laughs> okay. So, well, that's why we're having him on. We're going to find right. out. Maybe that's what I'll do with my next uh Exactly what it is. So he's going to be here Be here in a minute. Kaplan, we were at the Friars Club last night. We were. We're back twice in like a week. I mean, the fr- I'm like a regular Friar now. Shout out to them. No, I'm a Friar. You're officially a Friar. You're a hanger I'm like, on. I'm a hanger on. I'm part of the Honorash. You're part of the Honorash. Shout out to them. So I was told that after last week's episode, I didn't I didn't properly thank them enough. I wasn't oh. told by them. I was told by you gotta listeners. Them. Yeah. They thanked them enough for, for my album, for the album recording. Adam, Adam Van Levison was actually there. All the stars came out for that. The oh. album recording. Pay attention to the show. What are you I'm checking getting, your I'm phone? I'm up this, uh, this thing. So we were at the Friars Club last night for the NBA draft. Yes. We were watching the draft. We had a little party. Yes. And you had a, you got a little a mini Lost in America uh, episode, I would say. You guys requested. Uh, okay, so I don't think our listeners, are, I think they're all going to be on my side with this. Uh, we'll find out. We'll do a poll. So here's what happens. We'll ask the people on CL Live to, uh, to a, comment on a this. A day before the show, I mean, a day before the, the, the party we had last night, 12, 12, 15 people in a room watching the NBA draft. You and Weber demand. I, I'm a star. To have. <laughs> He's a star. This is less than 24 hours before the party. You demand that on the menu they have pigs in a blanket. Yes. Which, first of all, they stopped serving that after preschool in Sacramento, California. I haven't, I haven't seen pigs in a blanket in 25 years. You and Weber well, you, both. Did you know what they were, though? Well, no, you said mini hot dogs. I said mini hot dogs. First, you said mini hot dogs, and I don't really know what those were, except those like maybe like little sausages you get at uh, (laughs) parties. That's what I thought. That's what I listened to. You sent an email. That's what I was queuing up. You sent an email to the people at the Friars Club. And you were basically asked, you sent them a picture. You, you said that we had a request. Well, no, because in your fashion, you didn't demand them. You demanded me to demand to them. Well, you're the, you're the, you're the messenger. 
Exactly. This is your party. I don't know how. You were in yeah. charge. So I become this mini hot dog messenger. I can't get to them. I don't even know their email address. So know. I ask, so I find so I'm like whatever. I don't care. I'll ask them. I guarantee they're gonna say no. Who who can? Uh, what are they gonna do? Run to uh, New Jersey and go get hot dog? Where I Coney Island? Where are you gonna get miniature hot dogs? Right. So you sent them an email and you're like they have a request and you sent a picture. Of, that's what I was curious. You said a picture of little hot dogs. I know what the picture I sent looks <laughs> I like. You don't have to, to cue the, it up. Well, we have our own video now. I was going to show everybody. But, oh, so you sent a picture of little hot dogs uh, as if the Friars Club, which is a, a famous place with, you know, they have events all the time, catering events all the say time. Say what you want to say. <laughs> Jews, yes. lots of Jews, people, older people. Everyone loves little hot dogs. I think you've missed like a – I can't blame this on China that you've missed this entire like – I think it's the most popular hors d'oeuvre at any wedding, at no, any bar mitzvah. I've been to like 30 weddings. I've never once had mini hot dogs. Because you go I to guess. weddings that like don't serve food. Or, uh, the real Gentile weddings where it's just like liquor and true, like like, like shrimp wrapped in bacon wrapped in and then it's like scallops. No, or you get ham. a steak or fish. <laughs> yeah, that's your choice. Those are your that's choice. It. That's it. Yeah, but like at Jewish weddings or like at any catered event in New York City. So how are pigs? Pigs in, in a, a blanket. It's a meat. That's it's a major thing. So of course the Friars Club had it. Jews don't eat pork. Well, that's this is mind blowing to me that you you specifically don't eat pork. But you I don't. But I'm obsessed with them. Like uh, my when I got married, I had nothing to do with the planning of the wedding. I said the only thing I want is little hot dogs. (laughs) And we showed up at the wedding and we come in and they they had they had they had they may be it was this catering hall was run by you. Because it was regular hot dogs cut into little pieces. They didn't know. I almost had an annulment. Were they Gentiles? We have to renew our vows, actually. They might have been. It was in Boston. We so, don't know. In, no one tells Gentiles everyone, these things. <laughs> I just thought it was amazing that you emailed the Friars Club. That's If the listeners can comment. Anyway, they, they did have it. They did. Of course they had it. They were like, no big deal. They we shot got, back we'll ta- in like two seconds. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll, take like, care. we'll get you the Franks. We have a whole closet yeah. full of them. <laughs> we have a, they have a room. They have a Milton Berle room, an Ed Sullivan room. They have a little hot dog. Room. It was a great party. Shout out. Thank you to the yes. Friars Club. And thank you for letting me record my album there. We have the album. Uh, it's being edited right now. A little update. The label loves it. And we're going to be calling it. I, I, I uh, confirmed this last night with the president of the Friars yeah, Club. Ready to unveil calling. it? Yeah, the name of the album is going to be Turner Sparks. Live from the Friars Club. Oh, nice. You got it. That's it. So none of the top six choices. All of your choices, people. It was a waste of your time. We skipped all of them. Democracy. You don't believe in democracy. No. It's Chinese. Exactly. Uh, Cap, I'm going to be, I got some stuff to promote. I'm going to be this Saturday in Derby, Connecticut doing right. stand-up comedy. So come on out to that. I don't really know. They haven't told me where it is yet, though. Do you, yeah, that's, it's, it's in just, Connecticut. It's in Derby. That's a town. Just look it up. And then all week this week, um, every single night, I'm at a different spot around town. I'm at the, I'm at, uh, let's see where, I don't know. Everywhere but here, basically. Mm. Everywhere book me but stand-up New York. Oh, I'll be at every one of those. I'll be at the, the Grizzly Pair one night, the Lantern. What's the one where Seinfeld just isn't? The Comic Strip. I'll be there one night. You and Seinfeld. Every Friday night, I'm at the Postmark Cafe in Park Slope hosting my show, 8 p.m. Come out to that anytime you're here. Cap, should we get to Lost in America? Sure, let's play the music. Play the music. All right, we're back, Kaplan. I was lost in America last night with the pigs in a blanket, yeah. but you're lost in America Ma- this Matt, week. Matt, can you back us up? Pigs in a blanket, back me up here. Show me a little Jewish back. You are totally correct. I don't even think it's a Jewish thing. I think it's <laughs> it's you wrap it's, little hot, tiny hot dogs with a little puff pastry, and it's delicious. You have no. It, I understand that they exist, producer Matt, but <laughs> they don't. I don't. It's, it would be like him requesting pop rocks. At the last second. And, and we need Pop, Pop Rocks. Rocks. Like, okay, <laughs> I, it's not like I don't know those exist, but I haven't seen them in 25 years. I, 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 That's my relationship never, with Pigs Sacramento has never felt so depressing to me. Like, depressing? Pigs a, <laughs> I, I, at one point, I worked in a Michelin star kitchen, and there's Pigs in a Blanket. Are, Shut <laughs> up. They're, they're the kind of thing <laughs> oh, that they would make high-end Pigs in a Blanket. Like, make their own sausage just to wrap, make Pigs in a Blanket. Like, they are a very common thing. What was this restaurant? Katz's Deli? No, uh, the, the Breslin. Uh, ooh, the Breslin. Ooh, shout out. We're giving a lot of shout outs. They have like pigs free. in a blanket. At the, oh, yeah. yeah. See, it's very tr- very in. Bleep that out. Uh, we don't do sponsorships. Bleep that out. <laughs> Kaplan, you're lost in America. So What's I'm lost. Up? Well, I'm about to graduate. From what? Cardiac rehab. Oh! A, I have like one day left. Yeah, give me some applause music. Are you, are you going to walk? I'm going to walk. I'm excited. I, I want to make my kids come and take pictures since I go to all their stupid ceremonies for everything all the time. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. Get, get some payback. 
But I have like a last. I've I've haven't dropped dead, which I think is the number one. Like ninety percent of the grade. You're looking good. Is you make it? Thank you, thank you. You make it through these uh, three months of working out. It's a real pass it, fail system over there, right? Pass fail. <laughs> you pass if you live. You pass if you live. <laughs> if you have yeah. another heart attack and die. If you, you really. I don't fail. know if they count that. Like you know, with colleges, where if somebody they don't want you to leave after a certain date because it counts for their retention. Like sure. I don't know. Yeah, there might be like a cutoff where they're like, no, he made it long enough or she made it. So. Is it a money back guarantee if you die? Well, insurance hopefully is paid for. Oh, so. great. I, I, yeah, I don't know who goes to this. We should all go. One of these days I'm going to break out my final bill for everyone for like a <laughs> <Yeah>. week. <laughs> so I don't know what people. But anyway, I have one last thing I have to do. So you graduated. You have to give well, a speech? I, two, oh, right. I have two last things. Right, what we, kind of a ceremony are we We have two about? things to do. One, I have to give a speech. Yeah. You're right. And two, I have to take a test. So the speech, that's a good point. Yeah. The last day, because I've seen other people do this, they ask. They, <laughs> this they, is ridiculous. They, they give us a little talk at the end of the day, every day. They don't give, make your speech too good or you'll induce heart attacks in the audience. Well, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't, well, exactly. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Although that's a great, as a, you know, comedically, that'd make you feel good, <laughs> be right? good bit. <laughs> oh, you really would be killing. It's like if someone had died in, during sex, you would feel sort of good about your performance. If you, 100%. So, like, it's yeah. the same thing, right? But, uh. So, yeah, but I want it because they do always turn it over. I don't want the speech to be too good. You I don't kill your wife during sex. <laughs> Probably not your wife. You don't kill you your wife. But if, <laughs> if you kill a one-night stand during sex, though, you got to feel pretty good about yourself. Sure. I'm on, as, long, yes. as long as it wasn't murder, you know. Yeah. But anyway. Manslaughter. Yeah, everyone knows what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the speech, they, they turn it over to you at the end. They say, this is so-and-so's last day. You have anything you want to say? And some of these people, they bring out. It's uh, more like getting, it sounds like more like getting out of prison. Yeah, well, a lot of these people bring out notes. And they bore you. And I don't want to do that because I don't want to bore everyone. <laughs> everyone wants to get on their day. They want to go to lunch. They want to go back to work. Sure. Wanna, so what, what What do I say and like punch like, actually, I plug the pod? What should yeah, I do? Yeah, definitely plug, plug the come pod. Come see me do stand up about this place making fun of all you people. Well, I mean, what other heart attack besides that comedian a couple months ago in England who literally died on stage having a heart attack? Yeah. But he's not your competition anymore because he's no, dead. No, he's dead. Yeah. So <laughs> what other heart attack specific comedians are out there besides you? You've right. only done stand up once in your life. Uh, I'm the, I mean, I'm the only heart attack specific comedian. You're the only right one. So this is you, you 100% need to plug I need dates. A, I should work on material. This is like a, a type of room where you work things out. Yeah, workshop. Workshop some things. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, use so, it as a workout room. I should probably be like, where are you guys from like do a little crowd work with a little them. crowd work like, get the old people what, what did you do for a living exactly one of those i got a shout i don't know should i mention like i want to give tips to some of the new people so i was on the treadmill the other, a couple oh weeks. you're the grizzled vet on the grizzled vet i was on the uh, there's one treadmill you want to stand on because the window angle there's a naked woman in a building nice and Wait, which always oh i've seen her a couple times <laughs> all right so but i but i don't want to give that tip to guys who are a little too old because I don't want them to heart attack. <laughs> heart attack. Yeah. But I don't want to. I don't want to get like me too crowd with the few women we have. We only. You know, so, I don't know. I got a. That's blown over. I, I told you, me too is blown over. I, this crowd definitely. They don't know. They didn't even know it existed in the first place. Yeah, These are all true. eighty-year-old Jewish guys like, on the upper west side. <laughs> yeah, we've got a few. We got you know a few people under fifty now. So it's really. I, I started a trend. All right, stop bragging. So, so anyway, so and then I got to take a test. That's yeah. the other thing. So I, don't, I was going to ask you some questions because sure. I don't know these answers. I. I apparently took this test. How are you graduating if you don't know the answers? I don't know. What do you mean? I, I don't, it might be pass fail. I, I feel like <laughs> I have like a meeting with them afterwards. So maybe they go over it. And if you fail this, you got to like. Learn okay. It. What are the so questions? So first off, there's a question that I think is very uh, leading because it's like or it's loaded, whatever the word is. I don't know what those mean. Where are, let's loaded. dispute the questions. One of the, so the first question is, how is your general health? How would you rank it? And it's excellent. That's a loaded very good. question. Well, I don't know how anyone who's had a heart attack within the last few months can say excellent oh, yeah, with a straight face. Great. <laughs> so, like, what am I supposed to say besides the heart attack? I say not counting the heart attack. I, I want to circle excellent. I feel like I'm in good shape. I would tell I, them it's great because you're back to, as I can see right in front of me, you're, drag, you're back to drinking beers. I, well, don't say the brand. But yeah, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm drinking beers. Yeah. Thank so you, then it must be good. All right. So I'm going to go with the excellent for that one. Yeah. If you're getting drunk again. Getting drunk again. All right. And then, um, so, and then, they, so they give you a lot of things like, and it's it really makes you feel good about yourself. It's like can you can you basically use the bathroom? Can you walk? <laughs> can you do light work around the house? Can you do moderate work such as vacuuming, sweeping floors? No, definitely I can't say do no because yeah. then you I don't, don't want, want Randy to think exactly. I can do that. No, 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 they're yeah, not. No. That's it. That's they're trying to bait you. Yeah, and then it says this one is can you do heavy work around the house such as scrubbing floors, lifting? I no. couldn't do that when I was before heart attack. You, I can vouch for that. Yeah. You and, def- oh, you could and not. Especially can you do yard work, raking leaves, weeding, <laughs> no. pushing a power mower? How do you do that? <laughs> Have you ever no. pushed a lawnmower in your life? Uh, only in my remember I had that manual one at my old apartment in East Village. I've pushed that one. I've never pushed an electric one. Oh, okay. Jews have never pushed an electric. Sure, we don't even. I, we have a guy for that. Yeah, a service exactly. really. I don't even think there's one guy. Oh, we'll get to that in the news. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, excellent. 
But then I can, you know, can a you service? Can you have sexual relations? It's a little personal. Wow, they asked that. I don't want to brag, you know. Yeah. Be, it could kill someone. Check. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> return the favor. Right. And then they start asking you questions about. Um, so uh, so then there's these questions about your general health, things you're doing. And again, it's confusing me because it's like things. It's like, do you ec- exercise regularly according to the above? And it's like, yes, I have been for more than six months. Yes, I have been for less than six months. So I had a heart attack three months ago. Okay. Right? Or four months ago. Yeah. So I don't. I feel like they want me to say they don't want me to say more than six months because they I want to give all the credit to cardiac rehab. They've saved sure. my life. So that's that's my angle. I'm go with all these questions. You agree yeah, with that? make them feel good about themselves. All right, all right. And then um, one more. Yeah, let's. Well, all right. You tell me. Do you? So then I feel like these are some of these might be trick questions. Which of the following make up a healthy lifestyle? A smoking, drinking. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Probably, B, probably not. Physical inactivity and obesity. Obesity? See, no, exercise, does. weight management, healthy diet. This is a real well. The easy obesity, I we could um, cause there's fat models now. So I should say this is judging, right? Yeah, we don't like that question. I don't like that question yeah, at all. Yeah, that's a, that triggers us. That's there's a question here about gender. It's so that oh, so, these so, people are problematic. Well, this is what it says here. It says let's dox. It them. says which of the following risk factors for heart disease cannot be changed or controlled? Age, fat. gender, family history. Fat. Age, gender, family history. That's a problematic question. Because gender can be controlled. It can be. But yeah, I you know can change day to day. They're saying men are more likely, but gender. I don't like, I'm, I'm going to come at them. They had a young guy in rehab. Let's I'm gonna come go. At, I'm offended. So we're going to mark that. And Let's then, get our army after get, him. And then, yeah, and then what, Boston I, America and our army. What's the name of the, the rehab center? <laughs> it's NYU. We, NYU. Let's we, oh, it's, March it's to a, NYU. It's in. It's a university. Of course, this well, is well, really. No, it's a hospital. Good thing it's not Yale, or else we'd have to go. Out, we'd have to go after Adam Van <laughs> yeah. Levinson later in the pod. And this is a, a general medical advice that we could. Uh, that I wonder what you think about this. If you, what do you do if you forget to take your medication? Just take it uh, double. Take the misdiagnosed double dose to double catch up. Double to catch up. Skip the. Do- so you're saying I go double dose? All right. If you forgot, and take it with a beer. <laughs> okay. Because uh, it'll go down smoother. Okay. This is like when Bart filled out that test for Homer and ended up in the nut house. I think I will let you. Uh, all right. I'm gonna go with that. Double it, dose. Double dose. Um, and then it says cigarette smoking increases the risk of some cancers, heart disease, vascular disease, all of the above. What do you think? I feel like that's an all. You think Probably it's all the above. above. I don't. I feel like anything cigarette related or drinking, anything that's bad, clearly it's all the above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want so, you to say all the above. That's what I'm gonna go with. All right, let's I go with all. The I above. got a lot of like technical stuff, but I don't. I don't think you need to. All right, I, I think we're good. I, I, and, then, yeah. and I think you're gonna pass. So you have to get all those right to. Walk. Well, I mean, there's some of these are cardiac rehab is a medically supervised. They basically summarize the entire program and then say true or false. Here's my question. They're really giving you. Oh, really? <laughs> the whole pro- the whole thing, true or false? But then it says, and I, sorry, one more thing. I've gone through this for months, right? I have so many doctor's appointments, and it says the main role of the heart muscle is to remove waste from the blood, produce red blood cells, remove carbon dioxide, pump blood. I don't think, I, I don't know the answer. Fall in love. <laughs> Fall in love. I'm writing that in. Yeah. Because after all these months, I didn't pay attention to a thing a doctor told me. So When's, Here's my last question. is After this graduation, where's the after party? Oh, you're right. We need I should get an after party. A real cap and gown. A cap and gown. Yeah, I mean, why not? This is as much, you know, these kids, they get, they pass pre-K, they pass kindergarten. Oh, they get it every get year whole party. now. They have a graduation. It's a big bullshit. I'm Third stepping grade, up for real. I'm stepping up, not from pre-K to kindergarten. I'm stepping up into the general population of gyms. Gym real pop. people. Welcome Gym back. Pop, I guess. So I, Welcome I, back I, to I the need, Y. I need a ceremony. All right, let's, let's party. We'll, we'll figure it out. Should we? Oh, let's bring in Adam. Should we bring in Adam? Let's bring him in. He's been waiting long enough. Come on in. All right, we're back with our guest, Adam Vallon Levinson. What's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Yeah, great to see you guys again. Great to see you too. How's the book doing? I just I let it off into the wild. I never oh, it's gone. It's gone. It's we, its I think we track it. We we track uh, its uh, its um, charts. Yeah. For our personal like, so we we know should how put good it back on our Amazon site. That's <laughs> we, we need do. to do that. Get a so, second run out of it. Yeah. So when people go to lostinamericapod.com, click on the. You're going to see a picture of his book. Hey. That's a great idea. Yep. Yeah. The yeah. Abu Dhabi bar mitzvah. So we get a percentage of your money. Probably a higher percentage than you will get. You when people take, do that. Take whatever right. you want. I'll try and be like the cool. Oh, dad. we did not announce. That's that. why I'm plugging that now. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> wait, while you're here, yes. we need to do a plug. If you want to support to support our podcast, you can just you can always just give us money. Yeah. <laughs> or Venmo me at. Yeah. 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 If you don't want to do that, go to lostinamericapod.com. In the upper right-hand corner, there'll be a picture of Adam Van Levinson's book, The Abu Dhabi Bar Mitzvah. Click that. That'll take you back to Amazon. 
You can buy his book, or you can buy anything on Amazon. Buy his book. Percentage of that comes to us. But you, yeah, you might as well okay. buy his book. Now, Adam, now, so last we left, you just put the book out. Now you're at Yale doing a, a PhD. I, I, what's it called? I messed up the, the terminology. You're completely right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, PhD in comedy. You were saying, like, is, is that a real thing? The, sh the short answer is, uh, is no, not really. Um, the longer answer is yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's I'm equally that's an equally short and long answer. I know and yeah, really. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, slightly longer is what. Yeah. Did you invent so, it? Did you come so, up with this? So at Yale, there's nobody that um, studies humor specifically. I'm in the sociology department, uh, affiliated with their Center for Cultural Sociology. So it's people who care about culture in all kinds of ways. Um, the the world of like humor scholarship in an academic way is one of these bizarre things that just kind of stretches all over the world. There are people, uh, a lot of them in the Netherlands. They're, the last conference was in Estonia. So it's like really spread out, super inter interdisciplinary because I mean, humor is this crazy thing. There's no there's no academic discipline that's like the right way to do it. And the Estonians are a hilarious people. Absolutely so hilarious people. Let's yeah. get that on the record. Yeah, hilarious. And as my advisor said, he said, "Watch out for the women." When I went there, and I was like, "I guess this is, I guess this oh, is honey pots." Yeah, that's what it yeah. was. Yeah, they'll steal your wallet in the middle of the night. Yeah. Shout uh, out to them. Well, that means you gotta <laughs> be in the middle of the night with them to get to. Well, them. you also you have to be a, first. You have to be a spy, right? And yeah. then they they're a double agent, and mm. then they get you. So wait, there's these uh, conferences around the world where you got they get everyone gets together and like dissects humor or what? Yeah, it's like people you know from anthropologists to psychologists, a lot of linguists, uh, sociologist types that all have. I think you know when you go out in the real world and you you think about what those different disciplines are, the differences shouldn't be that big. You know, there are people that are trying to understand how the world works and trying to look at a problem and, and get to an answer. Um, but when you get inside the actual inner workings of, of academia, it's like super, you know, the, the, the territorial disputes. I'm like, well, this is who we read and, you know, this is our methodology. Yeah. Oh, it's see. crazy. And so... And it's like that with comedy too? Well, this is a really interesting space where nobody goes like, we're the ones that that have this material like we're the ones that own the study of comedy there's no discipline there's no field that does that so in the uh, international society of humor scholars real thing <laughs> <laughs> international what's the shorthand of that ishs the I ISO. There it is. yep and uh <laughs> they they respect i think that interdisciplinary um, kind of framework so people come together and, and kind of work together on trying to figure out what's going on with, with and humor. you I want to get to this a little later but I want to tease it right now because it's unbelievable you've watched the, so in was that Chris right around Christmas right around uh, sorry yeah, yeah New Year's yeah uh, New Year's, <laughs> the <laughs> holidays. Holidays. I, I'm surrounded by Jewish people. Uh, yeah. they, you say they, Christmas. We, we know when it is. You know what? You know what that is. December 25th. <laughs> they they don't serve many hot dogs. Actually, uh, they put out Netflix put out 47 comedy specials from different scenes or com comedians from around the world. Exactly. Yeah. Not all of them in English, right? No, most in a lot of, of different languages. Mm -hmm. You've watched 42 of them I'm so far. There. Yep, I'm getting there. Okay. So your goal is to watch all 47. I should be there. By, You're going to uh, be, if you do, you'll be the one. Yeah. You'll be the one person. Who's I think I'll be the one guy. All. It's not meant, it's definitely not meant to watch like all 13 seasons. All right, let's know? just it's get not, right into it. Yeah. So what, where, what countries does it cover? Um, so a lot of it was filmed in Montreal just for laughs. So there's you know, Quebecois, you know, there's Canadians and then okay. French Canadians. There's Americans and Canadians, New Zealanders, um, Australian, South African, a lot of stuff in English. And then there's, I think, French, German. Um, the Middle East as a region, so okay. like Saudis, Jordanians, um, and what else? There's Dutch. some. There's some. Are there Malaysians in there? There's nothing Malay. Even though there is like a really strong scene in in uh, KL and Singapore, yeah. But there's they didn't do a Malaysian. A Malaysian they, you know what? They put those guys out before Faka Fuzz, who was yeah. on our podcast. But that was before. That was maybe a year before that. They yeah. put out two or three Malaysian ones. And is there any English Asian also, yeah. ones? Any China, Japan? There's nothing Korea? Chinese though. It's really funny. I, I I watch a lot of them with subtitles just to see like what's going on with translations. That's like an extra layer of weirdness and okay. translating comedy. Um, it, and I. I, I could never make sense of it, but there is there's an option for Chinese subtitles for all of them in a way that's like ah. The, but we, Netflix is banned in China. It's, it's very. What's the market? I don't I know what the market. Chinese is. Americans uh, who don't speak English. Who want to watch um, it? Maybe Taiwan. Them. Maybe can you get Netflix I, in Taiwan or Hong Kong? Maybe what? there's English. But subtitles. Hong Kong would be Cantonese. 
Taiwan yeah. sounds maybe the only place. I guess. Really good You could watch also. it, and also you don't speak English. Those are the two things you have to have. For Can you get Netflix in Taiwan? Yeah, they haven't managed to. Right, they've, they're free. What did you find was the surprise? Who was, like, what region was surprisingly good? So I got to say, I, the, I have spent a lot of time in the Middle East, um, and so I think I have a bias towards wanting to unpack some of the comedy there. Uh, but I, I found that the Saudi comics were really good. Really? Were Saudis. really good. Um, were they just uh, like white oil driller guys who happened <laughs> yeah, to live there? There's a guy Texan. from Texas. Yeah. yeah. I remember I watched the um, Little League World Series one time and Saudi Arabia got to the like championships and it was all white kids. What? <laughs> it was 100% because the, the coach was like one oil and oil guy. Yeah. And then it was his all the kids who lived in the, the camp where they drill for oil. Well, you know. Wow. The yeah, World Cup may look a lot like that also with like the Qatari yeah. team and, and things like that. So this yeah. is not the, the comedian. This is not that. Not no, that. I'd be really surprised if Ibrahim El Khairullah was from Texas. <laughs> but um, Tyler, Texas. It's a really good, it's a style that, you know, stand-up being a pretty new form, you recognize the style everywhere. There's a lot of commonality. Um, but you notice these little differences that seem like this is, it feels special. It feels different. I mean, there's a guy who ended his set with basically a 9-11 joke. <laughs> oh, wow. I like it. A Saudi? And, and I'm That's, a Saudi uh, guy. What's his, what's, his, uh, <laughs> what's his line? I did it. So, <laughs> so, it was really well. So this is the amazing thing where you notice it's really well framed that it's not about him supporting anything. Not at all. It's about him talking about like an idiot cousin of his and this idiot cousin you know, isn't getting recognized for being Saudi. He's getting people think in America that he's Latino, um, things like that. And he's saying, oh, no, I'm not. I'm from Saudi Arabia. I'm from Saudi Arabia. You must know it. It's like where Mecca's from. A guy at a grocery checkout counter is like, I've never heard of that. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, no. And he goes, you know, the place with the, uh, with the you, you heard it. You remember the building, the airplane? <laughs> oh, no. That's a good joke. <laughs> because people crying, people dying. People Osama bin Laden. <laughs> oh, no. And it's like you're feeling, so you're allowed to, you tap into those extremely like taboo yeah. topics. But at the same time, you recognize that the comedian's not anywhere. He's just explaining where he's from. He's just, he's just, he's putting you into this. I mean, I think that's one of the great things about, comedy when you see it really working is that it allows you to engage with the taboos without um, without actually making any statements about them and so it allows you to like at least bring to the you know have a conversation where you're talking about something without getting immediately offended just because that thing has been yeah when it's good like that's a good joke I feel like a lot of comedy now in the United States though is just like I agree with this side I hate that side and everyone's like yay me too absolutely and then like alright we'll see you next tonight tomorrow on the tonight show absolutely not the tonight show the other one the late show yeah I mean that's a thing that, that I was, other one Colbert yeah <laughs> see what I was talking about yeah, there is that man. I, but does so does uh we that's taken over us in the last like two or three years. Yeah, it, on TV and it took over stand up. I think for like six months, all that everyone just went political right after the election. Everyone felt like they had to have an opinion on politics. If they didn't, then they were somehow out of the conversation. Stand up is now. I I've noticed at the clubs, it's past that. That's over. Like the idea that no, almost no one's doing political comedy at, in comedy clubs. Anymore. Do you think that's because people feel like they just can't? make a difference or just because it's too charged and it's not worth I it. think everyone about at the same time audience and comic got sick of it and right. so what I noticed happening mid last year what's 2018 yeah mid last year was you would see a comedian go up and do like five minutes and everything was going well and they're like so anyway Trump and the whole audience would go Ugh. right right and just check out because either you hate Trump and you don't want to hear his name or you love Trump and you don't want to hear someone shitting on him. I totally, I totally, yeah. Right? I and was, so like yeah. everyone was out. And this isn't, I'm not just saying in the middle of like wherever, like I'm, I'm somewhere where everyone voted for Trump. Like in New York City, sure. people were doing anti-Trump jokes and it was bombing. Right. Which well, so they're all two months the earlier, all the it same. was killing. Yeah. All yeah. the jokes are the same. Yeah, he sucks, blah, 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 whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're just I was sick of it. Just right. talking to my friend uh, Maximo about this. We got a buddy who's like sending us the Trump tweets from, he's, he lives in Switzerland now. He's sending us like Trump tweets. He's like, isn't this hilarious? He said this, you know? Whatever he said today about being like cocked and loaded to fight Iran. I, I don't know. Exactly. So he sends us this thing and he's like, oh, it's so funny. Like, it's so funny. And we're going, I don't, the joke is is either our president is being unpresidential, which is yeah. like, uh, I've for sure heard that. I've heard that joke now for two years. Yes. So how could I get something? And even if that's the joke, now we got to really decide: is that a funny, is that a funny joke or not? Is that should our reaction to that be to laugh, or should that energy go somewhere else? I mean, I think if it's funny, laugh. I don't think too sure. much about comedy in that way. But I just, you could feel everyone just get sick of it. I think people eventually decided they liked comedy as it. It was a place not to see, not to get inundated with Trump and everything that you were getting 
on every late show, but then also on the news, but then also like 24 hour news everywhere. And then you're at work and everyone's like, oh, did you see what happened in blah, blah, blah today or with Trump today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so a comedy club was one place where you could go and just hear some comedian's story about their own life right. and jokes about their life. That's so interesting because that like gets back to the, the roots of of comedy of being like we're talking about things that we're not talking about anywhere else where i feel like that's yeah we've gotten away from that in american comedy at least we did for a while i think it's getting back to it that's so interesting yeah yeah cap what do you got oh no i was just gonna i was gonna ask if trump as a as a comedian can he be studied yeah Ooh, trump a is, com- is comedically talented he has a lot of crossover <laughs> with what comedians do yes he I knows mean, how to work an audience so something that <laughs> very I, much so i i had heard a new story today about um about anti-vaxxers in Ukraine. And so there's an interesting connection here. Okay? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Because so one of the things that I think points to the, like, the global rise of comedy as just a form of communication, we're seeing comedians get elected to office or run for, for office. Oh, yeah, in the Ukraine. Right. Yeah. And so this guy who was a comic, who, uh, who was only known as a comic, nothing else, uh, was elected president of Ukraine. And there's an interesting connection there. He, you know, he didn't seem like a Trumpy character in a lot of ways. He wasn't making political points, um, but there are these connections between kind of the 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 sort of support that he had and the the you know the the social realities in Ukraine. One of them being um, there's no trust for the news and there's no trust for vaccines. It has like the lowest uh, the lowest levels of trust for for vaccinations in Ukraine and the yeah. highest levels of measles now. And then you also see well what. So comedy has this place where if there's no trust and there are all these conflicting meanings, comedy is a way of kind of existing outside of that. It's not making any points. It's it's existing at a level that sort of. Um, I mean, that's my so comedy is definitely not making any points. So I mean, that's a huge. But even if you are making a political joke, you, you sort of are well, and you're not. At the there, same let's time, say right? this: my comedy makes points, but they're not points on who you should vote for. But even if you did doing it in a comic context, I think is different than saying like what people are people are are more willing to hear that in a comedy club. I think a lot of times when they wouldn't be going to a political rally and they could hear a point, they can make it. But does it does it make them do anything in particular? Does it make but does them, it influence them? Does it influence them, or do they hear it and it's sort of be, the comedy itself is like, you know, on one hand it's serious, and on one hand it's comedy. On one hand it's not serious. Yeah. And you take those both together, and you go, well, okay, then I don't have to. I don't necessarily have to do anything about it. And I do think people still, whether they, it's like an easier thing as a comedian. You can make a joke that's not as good, but if it triggers the audience, like something they agree with, it could be oh, not it's, political. It's it could be about anything. It could be about like your wife or something. But like they just laugh. They're more likely to laugh or cheer. If what? If it's something that they disagree with in general. So if it's politics, that's the simplest thing. Well, it's like hack comedy. Yeah, it's, ha- yeah, it's hack, but yeah, yeah. So You're like, ah, oh, my wife, the old uh, ball and chain. And everyone's like, mine too, yay. Uh, it's exactly. the same as exactly. saying like Trump's this, the, this. Trump's the ball and chain, really. Yeah, exactly. It really but, is. And you're saying, is so in Ukraine, are they they're really like anti-vaccine? Is that like really? It has really high rates of that. So you can oh see God. that like socially Add trust has eroded. Not going. <laughs> but but at the same time, it's also like a very free compared to um, we have a, I mean, we have a friend Misha who's been doing comedy there for a long time. Um, yeah, Misha, uh, yeah, Misha Kalin. Misha Kalin, and uh, and I, I'm gonna go see him this this summer and kind of investigate the scene over there a little bit. Um, but compared to for Russia, fun. yeah, compared to Russia, for example, it's like Russia's a totally different scenario. Russia's like shutting down comedy clubs, just like is happening in China. China's doing that, yeah. and China's doing that, and Ukraine's much more open but at the but same see, time there's this lack of trust maybe they should have shut it down because now a comedian became their president an anti-vax well, <laughs> comedian became their president wait he's an anti-vax comedian no he he basically makes no points which is a really interesting thing uh, compared so he's, to, not, he's neutral in vaccines in my head i know <laughs> yeah. nothing about him but yeah. in my head i just assumed he was like their john stewart and it was talking politics on tv every day no, and he became different. president really no. different so his, what is he i mean so his so his show which is called servant of the people um it, it, I mean, it's sort of it's an amazing example of art imitating life, imitating art or whatever, uh, that it, it's a show about a haphazard uh, history professor who becomes elected president. So it's just like it's wow, it's really? too good. And the amazing thing is that, you know, like there are uh, comedians that have gone into politics like Al Franken or whatever, who who was like, yeah, I was a comedian. You know me. I'm famous, whatever. But now I'm a serious guy. Unless whatever. Yeah, you yeah, saw yeah. me grabbing. Probably I'm grabbing your boobs. <laughs> then I'm, I'm a comedian for sure. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. But this guy's like, no, people are like, what do you uh, what, do, what do you believe? And he goes, uh, he's like, uh, I believe what my character believes. Oh, yeah. So he ran on his character. He ran on his character. I feel like if Reagan would have run on like. Really? Well, I mean, Trump running on his apprentice character. True. I mean, so so in a way, we're. I mean, absolutely. I think it it, it sort of pulls back the curtain on politics in a lot of ways because it's that it's not fundamentally different from how politics works right. for sure. 
but it's this really clear example where you really don't have anything and you have somebody that's that, that hasn't been an actor like playing these um these super heroic roles it's been a comedian which is this really specific is he a stand-up he um i don't think he was known as a stand-up he was known as like being this sort of comic kind of actor but a lot of things i think bleed into each other in terms so it'd be of like performance. if seth rogan got elected president <laughs> Yeah, a bit, and that's what Based happened. Based off in, that dictator movie he did, or it happened in Guatemala. Also, the president of Guatemala is known for being a, like a comic actor on a sitcom. Um, the mayors of the capitals, so like Iceland, Armenia. Basically, it's comics. just become famous. Becoming famous, the just shit, being yeah. famous first, but, and then people vote for you. But it's political comedy, like in other countries, though. It, like, because in America, it's become it's like the Daily hack. Show was the originator. I feel like of this the John like, new Stewart level, Daily the Show, the John Stewart, and now it's yeah. become like everybody just. On like all the late night shows, it's like secondhand that you're gonna make political jokes. Yeah, and I mean that's it, a, it's what people expect. Whereas I don't, it wasn't that way when we were well, kids. Well, I remember when um, yeah, Jimmy, I mean, you Fallon, make fun of the president, but yeah, Fallon was not doing politics for a while, and they were saying they were, him not talking po- human, politics yeah. is a political statement. Yeah, and it's like no, he just wants to make jokes. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, is it as yeah? That's yeah. a good question. Is, that is like it as worldwide? Uh, yeah. Have you noticed that other places? That everyone's doing politics about their their country. I don't. I mean, I think one of the interesting things about like the global platforms and comedy that's supposed to be for a global audience. It's really interesting. I mean, when you watch these Netflix things, how many people mention Netflix? Which is like this self-referential layer of comedy. in their like, in their in their spat, whether it's like the first line being like, "Can you believe it, Netflix?" or like oh. at some point being like, "Somebody's gonna watch this on Netflix." It's this kind of like hall of mirrors Meanwhile, sort it's of just effect. You. Yeah, it's just me. <laughs> I'm the only guy. Like Adam, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Thank you, up? Yale, Thank for you, this Adam. program, this major you have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, did Netflix donate money to Yale to get this as like, a major? I gotta set it up, right. man. Three thousand people in Slovakia yeah. going, "Woohoo! Adam's watching." <laughs> no. There's synergies we have yeah. to tap. I think, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but so the validation for them is the Netflix. Yeah, I think that is a huge thing. But it's also interesting, like you know, when you watched, you know, classic specials in the '70s, '80s, '90s. There, there weren't people that were like, well, here we are taping this for this network. You're and right. It, there it's was, HBO. It's this really Yeah, they weird... never said HBO. Carlin yeah. never came out with, can you believe it? I'm on HBO. Exactly, exactly. exactly. I mean, yeah. maybe once or twice people mentioned like Carnegie, if that was it, like at the end, maybe of, where at they the end are. of his career. Yeah, like, but very, you know, and so that is, there's something about. So what about, is that? I, I think that's changing the form. I think it also represents how the industry is being, um, you know, codified. Like the industry is becoming this really concrete thing, the comedy industry, and it's being run like any other major industry. And that's, you know, that goes hand in hand with it just increasing in power around the world and becoming a bigger thing that more people can connect to. But it's, I, there, there's something else that happens there, you know, that changes from the time when, you know, Lenny Bruce was doing comedy in places and going to jail for it. Yeah. And now it's like, Every you know comedian is a celebrity that then advertises products that are. I think you can still go to jail in China for it. You can go to jail in the. I got banned for six months. No kidding. From doing comedy. What did you? What did you? Uh, That should have been your album title, banned in. Banned in Suzhou. That'll be my second album. I'll go back and do it (laughs) secretly in Suzhou. No, I wasn't saying anything. Are you allowed to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I didn't say anything. It was uh, we had a show in like 2011 or 12, maybe in Suzhou. That was doing getting really popular, like a month. I think it was monthly or every two weeks or something. And the bar owner down the street called in to the government just to get us shut down. That we were a front for an anti-communist organization. And so they shut us down for six months. The Culture Bureau. Mm. Luckily, I knew someone who previously had worked with the people in the Culture Bureau. She vouched for me, and they were like, "All right, well, we're going to get banned you for six months while we investigate." What what do they call that? It's like the opposite of being blacklisted. If you're banned for not being a communist, it's very confusing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was a capitalist swan. Capitalist, yeah. <laughs> you're a cap- wow. capitalist pig. Wow, that's, I mean, yeah. That's, I, I almost, I almost, uh, I, I was like testing the waters when I was in China. I think I was just looking for trouble in a way that seems really irresponsible, but I remember like a microphone. That went seems out to be your MO. It does, <laughs> yeah. And, um, it's it's not always a good thing, but I a microphone went out or something. And I said something like, "Oh, what did I say? Uh, Taiwan too loud." And then the next mic came back, and I said, "Okay, like you know, mic check, whatever." Tiananmen Square is it working? And <laughs> where did you do that? At our club? At, uh, That's why you got shut down. At, no, it wasn't at your club. No, I said good. Uh, do it at the rival club. It was at Barney's club. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> say whatever you want at that guy's club. No, but it, there was nothing. But it it was like. You know if you would have said that at our club, Andy would have been so pissed. There was somebody that said – there's somebody I remember at uh, KFK that was making a joke about Tiananmen Square. I was actually making a joke. 
He was he was a Chinese guy and he was actually making a joke. Yeah, still. And he got and the and the you know lights yeah. went up. He got pulled off in yeah. two seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah hook. Chair comes to the hook. Self censorship. They but call that's, it. I mean, that's because if you because yeah. it could have got the whole scene shut down. Absolutely. I mean, we eventually did anyway. Yeah, but it took you a few more years. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's such a huge thing to recognize when you're looking at comedy scenes around the world. Like there are there are levels of self-censorship, which is, I think, you know, one of the biggest things that comedy can challenge by bringing in taboos, by letting people in, you know, in a group together in public talk about something. But then there are these institutional things, and those are different in a lot of different places. Like what? I mean, the just the idea that a comedy club could be shut down for not being on the right party line. I mean, that's, oh, a, huge, yeah. that's a huge thing that, that affects what people talk about in a way that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what people believe. Um, but then from the outside, you look in, you go, oh, well, people must agree with this kind of thing because they're never talking about this. And you go, well, uh, you're, you're making the wrong conclusion about what people are talking about. Yeah, we, it's not like we agreed with it, so that's why we didn't talk about it. Absolutely. It's just we just wanted to do comedy. And I think you see that in a lot of places. I mean, even talking about just like relations of people across the globe. And you're like, oh, well, these people must feel this way about Israel because they don't let Israelis into the country. And you go. No, that's a government to government thing. It has nothing to do with the people. They might. They might. Like it might have some effect, but you don't know. Yeah. Um if they read your book, then Israelis would be allowed in every <laughs> The Abu Dhabi Bar Mitzvah. Yeah. Get it yeah. now, everybody. <laughs> Lost in America Bring Bringing the yeah. peoples together. <laughs> what did you um have you looked into why over the last ten or fifteen years comedy has exploded around the world like it never did before? Stand up comedy, I guess. I think I I have a couple of thoughts, and I really wonder, like you know, how you feel about this performing, you know, way more than I do, and just being kind of on the ground every day. That there is this sense of um, there, there's a an idea in psychology called the paradox of choice. It's like we just have too many choices, and I think you can apply that to meaning and you know ideas about how how to live your life. There's just a lot of people shouting a lot of things. There's a lot of a lot of material, a lot of content just out there all the time. And it's hard to cut through that and know kind of what to do, right? Um, and comedy has an amazing way of sort of making meaning, but at the same time, not making any meaning. You're saying a thing, making a point, you're also not making a point. Um, and I think that allows it to exist in this weird space where people feel like, you know, when you're getting your news, you're getting your political news even from, but in a comedy package, you're like, this is, I can, I can sort of ingest this in a way that, um, I wouldn't otherwise be able to because it's going to conflict somehow. It's going to conflict with something because there are too many conflicting ideas in my head. What do you mean by that? So, you know, we say you have friends that disagree about whatever. I mean, politics sort of touches everything. But say, you know, somebody oh, says... Oh, vaccinations. Vaccinations. For example. Say somebody, okay, hmm. say somebody says, like, we should ban all straws. Yeah. And then you have oh, your friend whoa. who's like, but my somebody, but then you have your friend who goes, well, my sister who's uh, disabled, like, needs straws to drink. And sure. That's you go, me. Okay. So, like, th there's literally no way to have it both ways. You can't have... Then you got Jimmy Schubert who said, uh, you know, the, the, the turtles, the whole reason is because it gets stuck in the turtle's nose. That's why you can't have the, the straws. The turtle's nose. I mean, that's Jimmy a Schubert compelling... says he had a straw stuck up his nose for two decades, and he's doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a compelling argument. All it is Jimmy is Jimmy Schubert for president. Let's just say yeah. <laughs> or the turtle, either way. Yeah. But there's, there's, there's absolutism on a lot of sides. But and as you... a person, it's hard to actually believe, to believe that. Yeah. It's really hard to believe that. Um, but comedy what it does i think at the essence of, of uh, at the essence of comedy or jokes even linguistically there's like two meanings that are happening even like something as simple as a pun say like you know what's the best time to go to a dentist like tooth hurdy so what right? puns puns are comedy puns no but at their basic they're the basic <laughs> Unless you're in england <laughs> actually i'm gonna use that joke with my kids they'll probably like that they're gonna love it but it at its most basic it's still like two things are happening it means one thing the sounds also mean sure thing. there are two things are happening a bigger joke, it just happens on a bigger level. Um, and the idea of being able to make two meanings at the same time frees you from having to make one meaning absolutely. Ah. And so it allows you to both do something. Mary Douglas, anthropologist, she said, you know, a joke is it, uh, it's freedom from form. It's a play upon form. So, like, you're making a joke, and she says it's frivolous because it offers no real alternative. So, like, yeah, you play a point for me. You, you know, you're laughing. Something's released. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm making fun of, like, how sounds work in a pun. It's like something as stupid as, yeah, like, sounds don't have to mean that, I guess, is basically a joke. Yeah. But it doesn't actually give you an alternative. It doesn't, like, offer a new avenue towards how to live your life, whatever. But for a moment, you get that bit of freedom. And Yeah, except some comedy does. So I think some comedy might actually – yeah, for sure. Right? Like, there's Chris Rock specials from the 90s. Dude. There's – and uh, Chappelle uh, – there's a lot of the stuff at the top, the best stuff – it's the best because it does 
Or maybe it offers more of a release, like a relief than so, anything else. So that's right? a huge – I mean, I think, you know – Like Louis' whole thing, Louis C.K., before he was uh, jacking off on people, his whole thing <laughs> – Probably while he was jacking off on people. It's just a necessary Actually, yeah, it was, it was happening it was, at the same time. Yeah. But his whole stand-up, the reason why it was popular is because he was making parents – feel less bad about not being perfect parents. I uh, totally. Because he was talking about how he wasn't perfect parents. That was his whole thing. I mean, I think I'm still in that corner, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the a, whole corner. I mean, that's a real, it's, no, a, it's a real question. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, oh, you're not? Don't want to do that. No, yeah, that's on my test. <laughs> that's <laughs> on, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't, but it's a real question, like, whether or not, you know, if you get that freedom from form for, for a second, does that actually give you anything that you can take home, you know? Like, that's a, uh, even the Chris Rock special, I remember watching this with uh, with students in China, actually, watching Bigger and Blacker. Watch the thing where he talks about how, like, he would get on an elevator filled with white kids and be like, I'm terrified I'm getting off this elevator. And it was, you'd ask Chinese kids, like, what, what's funny about this? And they'd be like, I don't get it. They'd be like, he's black. He's black? Is that what's funny? <laughs> like, it's funny because the assumption is that this is not the norm. The assumption is that it would go the other way. That it would be a white guy getting on an elevator yeah. with black people, oh, yeah. and they would go, oh, I'm getting off. And Americans would be like, well, we understand your perspective. But that's only a joke here where you have that cultural, like you've been brought up in that culture. You've been brought right? up in the culture. You understand that. And you go, so, okay, so maybe it gives me this freedom to be like, oh, you're right. Like my prejudices don't have to actually live like that. There is a freedom from the form, the social form I that we've see. like baked yeah. into the cake. Yeah, that's kind of what I try and to do. And you actually can change. Like that could be enough to... That could be. And they change. say, did if you Japanese person gets in the elevator again? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. it's, it's going down right yeah. away. Yeah, you can translate it for yeah. sure. You can translate. What um, did you find? Was it how many of those specials you watched were the jokes you were just like, I don't understand. It's like such a local. It's a it's a cultural within that country that you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. There's definitely some. Yeah, I found that happened. I think more with more with stuff in um, in Quebec where where they were actually performing they're performing in Montreal and they're really specific references where I was like no idea who that is a lot of it's like a reference Canadian thing. politicians Canadian politicians are like Hockey. you know movie stars or something <laughs> like that. oh yeah poutine Bro jokes <laughs> I made a reference to broom ball and the translation was like broom ball I'm like I need translations for the translation really it's some like ice hockey game whatever curling yeah. maybe it's uh yeah I think it's like ice hockey with no skates whatever. wow um, I'm in hockey but a lot of it was super interesting is like a lot of it's meant for this global audience. And so what's happening is you have these translators working really hard to make the really tightly worded comedy come off in English, say. Or if I was like watching the English ones with yeah. French subtitles. I remember watching the the um, Malaysia ones. Yeah. And not – Faka Fuzz is great, but there were a couple others that were a little shaky. Mm -hmm. we, only, we only get the best guy. In our we only have the yeah. best. Yeah, the, the other ones. Too. And they were uh, – most of the jokes were about Singapore. Uh -huh. And how everyone in Singapore is an asshole. That was pretty much like, hey, we're at uh, Malaysia. Woo! Hey, not hey, look at this guy in the crowd. He looks like he's from Singapore. And the crowd's like, boo! Right, yeah. And but it's on like I'm watching it in Brooklyn, New York. And I'm like, what do I give a shit no, about Malaysia or Singapore? It's like those are the kinds of things where you're like, this sub if there were subtitles, I know they're doing most of those in English. But like if there's subtitles, change it. The, yeah, no, you it should change in English. There was a guy actually change it to New York and Boston, <laughs> and Brooklyn, <laughs> exactly. New Jersey. Just because we have we have the metaphor. There's a guy, humor got this dude named Christy Davies who has this book called Ethnic Humor Around the World, and he was documenting for decades this dude. Went around the world and he was documenting like who were the butts of the jokes in whatever place. Yeah, who, who are the Polacks in every country? Yes, <laughs> I mean absolutely. It's like all oh, right, and, all over Europe. That's what you have. So I mean, it's it's funny. Tajikistan, they're like these uh, Turkmenistanians yeah. over here. And Tajikistan, it's the Pinuris. Yeah, it's the people from the mountains in Tajikistan. Are blonde girls in every country? Because that's the other thing. There's different hair colors. Dumb blondes, or redheads. <laughs> <laughs> like is that a thing? Different hair. I don't translate at all. Redheads, a fiery. Yeah, they like never heard of them. So what are you? All right. So what are you working on now? Well, oh, you're going to this conference this week, right? Because this comes out on Monday. This week, yeah. There's the uh, International Society of Humorous Conference conference. Uh, that'll. Oh. It's a mouthful. Um, and is it, then are the people funny at this conference? Like <laughs> they have. There, there are some people that really are, and some people that really are not. The guy that's like the godfather of the whole thing is the most severe, serious guy I've basically ever the met. Godfather. And He's is his godfather. job? Comedy. Is there anyone whose job is to point out what's what we're not supposed to be laughing at anymore? Because <laughs> that guy needs to be shot. I think you'd find. Yeah, I think you'd find like pretty open in terms of like. You know, not, not like, drawing mm, hard please, lines. Please, about... no, it's 2019. Yeah. If anyone says that, just kicked well, out. Well, because you're in exactly. a university structure where, I mean, universities seem like the toughest place for comedians 
like with oh yeah students undergrad oh that's a good question so what what, what do you guys is there like a study what do you on think the history of that or any I, I don't, what do you think generally generate generationally generation. how we look at comedy differently i actually did so i did a, a big survey um recently that was about uh people getting offended by things that weren't that were uh, the survey was about uh, New Yorker cartoons. They used New Yorker cartoons that were picked to not be offensive about anything. weren't about anything. The okay. most offensive ones were were like a, a snowman with a hair dryer to his head. <sighs> That's ridiculous. And it's like sa- you know sad touches on something. But like there's no there's but no people got the jokes because I never get the jokes in these. You never get the jokes out of me. I've never gotten a cartoon <laughs> joke. I, just, I always yeah. pretend. So it's hard to be offended when I, I just get the jokes. I go ha. Well, they were allowed to say like we don't understand, and so yeah. those were pulled okay. Out. Yeah. And you do see huge trends in terms of demographics, whether it's by age, gender, um, by even sexual orientation, by where people are from, that actually are are really different, uh, really big differences in, in how baseline offended people were. And this wasn't necessarily about whether they were offended by a themselves. Snowman, <laughs> snowman, well, everything. So it's like a lot of Good things up. taken. Snowman's well, a white snowman's male. White. Yeah, exactly. White male, white. cisgender. Yeah, right. But the interesting thing is that people do have like different gut reactions. Is the first thing to notice. So like, what is it? Have, so how did it shake out? So age age definitely has a has a decreasing uh, sensitivity. So older people are less sensitive for sure. Totally agree. So I do a ton of like country club shows around uh, the U.S. Mostly older audiences. Yeah. Everyone's like, "Ooh, that sounds uptight." I'm like, "They're the easiest audience out there. They don't get offended by anything." Eating pigs in a blanket in a good mood. There's no never had pigs in a blanket (laughs) at a country club. I mean, I think one of the things that comes out, and it's totally true, is like if um, there's a connection between if people were sensitive about some part of their own identity, whether it was an ethnic thing, whether it was um, their sexual orientation, whether that was something they said, "I'm also sensitive about that." You would see these higher rates of of being of see, of being potentially offended by the jokes, or knowing that there was something maybe offensive. So even just, if it doesn't involve them, even if it doesn't involve them. So the idea is just like if you're sensitive in general, it totally makes sense that you're going to have this potential sensitivity to any kind of material. And I think that reflects this this obsession we have with identity that's growing. You know that there's I have to become more self conscious. I have to be aware of more parts of myself. And a lot of times, if you look at yourself hard enough, you're gonna be like, "Well, I'm not totally comfortable because everything's." Right. No, you but have to be offended me, more if you're. It doesn't work that way identity. though. For me, for me, like if somebody says, "Hey, Turner, you suck," I'm like, "Ah, oh, that, that offends me." But if they're like, "Hey, that guy over there sucks," I'm like, "Yeah, he probably does." Right. I, I, I don't sympathize with other people. <laughs> right. But no, sympathize but, with me. Well, that's because it's just this symbolic thing that's out of nowhere. It's just a cartoon where you say, "Is this offensive?" And somebody goes, "Yeah, it might be because you." You're, I mean, you're just more raw. Kind of I idea. see. Yeah. Um, but there's we, a lot more to unpack. The, how once, do we fix the youth? Once bitten, twice shy, Kevin. <laughs> how do we, how do we fix the future comedy? As a great band once I, said. I mean, I, you know, I, I would, I would love to see a, a way where we break out of this, this paradigm where we talk about identity all the time, and that's the thing that matters. That's the thing that identity comedy they call it. I mean, oh. and it's and it's I, it is. moron. It's the in thing art. where people go up and they're like, "So I'm this, and so now here's jokes about that." Right, and a art of all kinds where we want it. We don't judge a book by its cover; we judge it by the skin color of the author. I mean, that's like we're taking. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going. I mean, we're going. No, people are doing that in literature. They're like, "Yeah, if you're like a white guy, you shouldn't be writing about other races." It's, right, yeah. and the things that come out where it's like, oh, oh yeah, that happened with you. Yeah. It did happen with, with me, the Middle East. Right. You oh. got a oh, right. fatwa. <laughs> oh, right. We didn't. Did we talk? We about found the your fatwa on the internet. Did you find that? Yeah. It's in the deep internet. It's uh, it's, it's you, far corners you, of the internet. You, Salman, Larry, David, the fatwa boys. <laughs> <laughs> Salman, Rusty, Larry, David, and you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the fatwa. Have you have you met Are any you women at... off the fatwa? <laughs> no, I haven't. But I saw Salman Rushdie sitting in a window. <laughs> Are you nervous? In a him? window, just next to uh, next to the players' club. He's sitting in Gramercy Park with his back to the window, and I said, "The fatwa can't be that bad if you're sitting with your back to the window." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what he you has gotta to go up to him. Back to the window. Yeah, you go like, hey, we're brothers in Fatwa. I mean, maybe you know. I mean, but that's it. Really is. It really is that it does. It does point to how silly this is, especially I think if you think about just being Jewish as a simple example of like it comes from both sides of people saying, you know, there were people that said when I wrote a book and they're like, oh, you dirty Jew. There's a couple of those. I don't get that a lot, but there was that. And yeah. then there are the people that are like, as a white person, you can't do X Y Z. Yeah, and yeah. It's like it's like those, pick a side. Either I'm. A <laughs> so you could just understand that this this is not a good way of, of yeah. like categorizing people and starting conversations sure. and, you know anyway that's that also is something that i definitely found like when you you look at comics everywhere and they all talk about some kind of duality some kind of contradiction in the way that they see themselves whether it's like guy from quebec who's like well you know i grew up in the suburbs but now i'm a city guy but i see it both ways and then he makes fun ah. of people from the suburbs or he's a guy he's like one dude, yeah or a guy who's like i hang out with the old comics and the young comics and he's like who does that even that they're like who two, does that 
that's not an odd thing for sure but you but, but everybody's gotta he, have an angle but yeah. the way that he sees it or whatever is like i, I go mean, bowling two, on tuesdays and, here's an hour about that and the weekends yeah <laughs> but it's two perspectives at the same time so you have that and that's something i mean i found that i think really cool going through 40 plus specials that's every interesting. single person every oh single man person. i feel i have that too i feel like a hack now yeah. no 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 but you but that's not a, i mean i think you're chinese you're china, i love the china i can see both sides no but that's but i just talk about core. how both sides kind of suck sure yeah i just think that there's something like really cure and that that also offers like a way through to 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 being able to see the world in a way that isn't absolute if you're saying here's yeah, a perspective exactly. that, that fundamentally can't be absolute because there are two things That's yeah what, oh, sorry i'm the only one who's had a heart attack but i'm young so i can, <laughs> I can make fun of old and people you're graduating but you're not college <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> got both sides that's my identity yeah, yeah. i'm very triggered if there's any snowman having heart attack come <laughs> you send those my way i'm gonna write a letter to the new yorker yeah yeah all right well we should get to the news should we do it let's play the news music play the music <laughs> First news story of the week today comes from the New York Post, Kaplan. All right. One of your favorites. Of course. Millennial dads have pathetic DIY skills compared to baby boomers. This is a news story? <laughs> this is, you put it in here. You're blaming me? Your wife no, is our, and, and uh, Weber, our uh, news team. No, I'm, um, uh, well, that's millennial. Not... Let me keep reading. Yeah. Millennial dads are less likely than their uh, boomer counterparts to be able to change a car tire on the side of the road, unlock a toilet. Unblock a toilet or a <laughs> sink, reset a trip circuit breaker. I don't even know what that means. Or even open a stuck pickle jar with their hands. What kind of? This means I'm a millennial? This is horrible news. <laughs> this is what I don't I understand. Realize this. Pick a side. Are millennials dads or are they kids? I, I don't get what use, a millennial is I anymore. think they're using the term millennial dad to cover, like, it's like older millennials into our generation. You. Yeah, it's really like gen, the, whatever the low gen X generation, that's us. They didn't name we it. We don't really un- have unnamed. Because we're considered, mil- it's like we're younger than, like, yeah, older dads. Yeah. Because that's, and we don't know how to do anything. We didn't, even before we had kids, we didn't know how to do anything. Do you know how to do more manly things than your dad, Dr. Bob Kaplan? Okay, yes, but only because my dad set the bar so low. You do? Oh, my you actually do? Yeah, my dad didn't do anything. That's, that's my, I got, he didn't tell me how to do anything, so that's my excuse. Oh, wow. I once Literally saw, nothing, so. I saw my dad, dad shoot a rattlesnake with a shotgun. Whoa, that's a real man. I didn't even know we had a shotgun. <laughs> and then uh, when we were like 12, we there was a we found a rattlesnake in the back. He's like, and give me a minute. That's the first time he yep. brought out the. In 12 years, the first time he brought out the shotgun was for that. Yeah. Oh. And he shot the hell out of the rattlesnake. <laughs> that's like a tough shot. The snakes wow. are. Yeah, he also could do all this stuff with cars that we didn't. He never taught us anything though. I think I blame them. Well, because they want to be better than you. They yeah. don't want they don't want the kids to you know like make they want to make fun of their kids so they don't tell them how to do things. Exactly. I. Mean, I I've never been able to put anything together, but like once you have kids, sometimes you have to like the adrenaline of like simple things because the kids are freaking out. Fix this, like, some toy, some this, and all of a sudden you rally to the bare minimum to like get it working. That's why you half write comedy bits and you wait till you go on stage because the adrenaline makes you figure it out on stage. Mm, it's, the, it's like being a dad. Exactly. I know what it means to be a dad. You're, you're ready to be a dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. What about you? What about your parents? I, I well, I remember uh, in ninth grade they they made us do a uh, a science project about how toilets worked, and I I could I could fix any toilet to this day. Oh wow! I could nice. Send me Can you come over? Yeah. I got send it. Me into, as long as it's the one with the chain and it pulls a ball up or whatever, <laughs> it's got to be a specific kind of toilet. But if it is, I'm so ready. That's so much more useful. I feel like in Should ninth be- grade they just taught us how to build a volcano. I mean, most of it was like, hey, wh- at what temperature does this element turn into a gas or whatever? But then one day it was like, here's a here's a thing you're gonna. Well, it's definitely more useful than yeah, algebra, physics. Sure. I mean, it could be a balance. Just one day, one day of toilet day. It's <laughs> one day huge. toilet day. That's all you need. It's all. I mean, I I really feel prepared to be honest. All right, I'm gonna bring it up at the at my kid's school. <laughs> Sounds good. Have, I, want, I want Teddy learning in like second grade so he can fix our toilet. Toilet day. <laughs> and the kids would love that actually. That's that the day. Fun. Day before the presidential fitness test. Yeah. yeah. Or the day after the elections or something. <laughs> the yeah. day after the election. Story number two comes from People Magazine. People. New hand. That's the most general name for a magazine, really, out there. If you ever well, think that was it. back when there was just lots people. of magazines. Just people. So they really were out of it. What do you talk about? I don't know. Yeah. People. people. We like people. What do you guys yeah. talk about? I don't know. Science. Time. 
Time. Time. Yeah, time. time. Money. Money was pretty general. Money. Money. There's a whole generation of life. Life magazine. Life. Yeah, yeah they really. Life. life went up to everybody. Yeah. Life and time. Was there a death? Now there's lifetime. See, that shows yeah. we're just we're getting Just there combining right. them. Yeah. Yeah. People money is the next one. <laughs> New Hampshire man named Roy Cyberstone. Shout out. 86 years old, <laughs> bitten by a rabid bat that crawled out of his iPad case. Holy shit. Is that, did that come from China? The, this like, is why you shouldn't get an iPad. I've been saying this for years. How big is the case? I don't know. Big enough to hold a bat. Big enough to hold a bat. Oh. A rabid bat. <laughs> a rabbit. Well, is a rabbit bat's bigger than non-rabbit? Roy, old Roy later learned that the oh. uh, creature had rabies. Well, of course it did. If they this... don't bite you if it had rabies. <laughs> yeah, that's what rabid means. Yeah. He didn't get that part. I like that it was like laying low with its rabies in an iPad. For Here's a, like, my favorite part. He's now sharing the story in hopes of educating <laughs> others about the dangers of coming in contact with rabid animals in your iPad case. <laughs> <laughs> what case is this? Old man Roy's doing like a scared straight about goes, not getting an iPad. He goes to schools. Yeah. Actually, this is huge because my kids are obsessed with iPads. They want, they're always watching. Every time they go to the bathroom, they got to watch an iPad. It'd be great if he yeah, he shows up at school to scare you straight and just this, this is because they're terrified of getting I hit by a bat. I want to find this issue of People magazine that's reporting on this. They're really desperate for they're content. Really that's a real clickbait. Yeah, I think it's got. That's not clickbait. Well, we clicked on Who it. Who cares? It's, it's literally. It's, it's like it's got to be a bigger iPad, right? It can't be the mini. People magazine the, should shout us out like those comedians. Those Netflix comedians shout out. <laughs> hey, Cap and Turner, you're gonna like this one. Uh, if we people. go to, you know, down in Austin where there's that there's that bridge where there's like thousands of bats come up every oh, it's night. Just there. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna show up there with an iPad. You try like a little trap. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> what do they like to eat? I want to try to catch one. What do yeah, they people eat? People are gonna want them. Right. This is the best way to get a bat. Yeah. Catch a bat. Yeah. Bat right. food. Yeah. And if, where do they sell bat food? I don't, I don't know, but is that, is that? I don't know what they eat. So I don't they is that they eat bat food? Is oh no, but I was thinking Spider Man. Batman didn't start with a bat biting him. No, because I could be <laughs> the, oh, the great sequel. No, this guy's old, old, old man Roy. Old man Roy. Eighty six. Ben Affleck, superhero. We got, the, we got a new Batman. We get Morgan Freeman to play old him. Roy. Old Roy. <laughs> Last story of the week. ABC News Raleigh. Oh, local. That's I like some our, local news. One of our favorites. <laughs> <laughs> That's like you see comedians that get brought up on stage, like you know, they with their credits, but mm -hmm. some people don't have any credits. This one girl I had to bring up one time, she goes, I'm like, Hey, wh what credit should I use? She goes, Oh, I was on Fox 40 Bay Area. Double digits. What was she doing? Either the weather girl, or she, like, <laughs> <laughs> she was like reporting man on the, the traffic. Yeah, yeah. All right, Fox, ABC Raleigh, uh, last story of the week Country Time Lemonade <laughs> is paying kids fines. Lobbying for legalizing legalizing lemonade stands. That is a, that's a great. So to cut, basically, lemonade stands are illegal in, in everything but 15 states in America, and the police are coming up, rocking up, and just fining the shit out of these kids. And then Country Time Lemonades is coming into the rescue. See, this is the problem. Paying the fine. This is the problem with this generation. As long as you use Country Time Lemonade, yeah, but stand. Country Time it? should be teaching kids how to bribe the cops properly so they don't <laughs> show up. Yeah. yeah. Depending on a big corporate handout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. corporate handout. This is the no. day before toilet day yeah. at Teddy's school. <laughs> yeah, you learn. Go to the talk to the guy, slip him some tickets to something, and then leave your stand up. Kids, how to bribe cops properly. <laughs> What's the crime? What's the? the it's like you don't have a permit. No, no permit. No yeah. permit. You need a permit. Like business. Same crime that they took me down for out in China. <laughs> you, <laughs> exactly. yeah. You should have got Mr. Softy to pay your fines. People's and, Republic of Raleigh out yeah. here. Pe did you? I mean, I never. Did you ever hold a stand as a kid? Anyone? Absolutely. Oh, you did. I think froze the lemonade. Froze yeah. let it thaw. Froze and then it. Sold it. <laughs> oh wow! Did you make money. Absolutely. You make more. It's frozen. The margins less work. We less work. We used to turn in. Uh, we used to collect. Um, uh, uh, cans. Oh yeah, five cents in California oh, not, for a soda. But right. you bring them in. Still that's not a stand. No, it wasn't a, a stand. Cam so. Ooh, I got an idea for. It Teddy. prepared me for China. I got. We're gonna make little pigs in a blanket stand. <laughs> we're gonna sell them out Long Island City. Don't do insect And we're gonna make a fortune. <laughs> See, but it's good but for him because he's a little kid. That's kids' food. Yeah, kids. but but what if the cops roll up and say, "Where's your permit?" Well, because that's a major count. Yeah, lemonade. I feel like you got to call Oscar. Like, who is lemonade the competition to? Like, I could see if you were selling like pizza and the pizza people. Like, we sell pizza. If you're selling like grape, like, grape juice, yeah, people aren't buying lemonade anywhere else. They're not going to like 
the store, you know, to like some restaurant or some. It really makes no it's, sense. There's no, it's really. Well, now there is the, the like in uh, Brooklyn Heights, I've seen this, like the lemonade, the like $7 lemonade. Have you oh seen my God. This? So there is a lemonade. So is, that's why there's a big lemon. I mean, it's really? Here, it's happening. Yeah. They're like, you know, it's like lemonade. It's, oh, we, we put mint in it. Then it's 14 oh, yeah. bucks. And With like, CBD. Cold brew or, yeah. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's, it says the company now, Country Time, is uh, has a new website that shows where stands are legal. They're really, they're really trying to damn the man here. Shows where stands are legal and directs visitors to where they can lobby their local Ooh. lawmakers. We got to talk to uh, the, the, alt middle, the alt middle is pro lemonade stand. I'm pro like the idea that you could take country time, yes. a big bucket of like powdered thing. Yeah, and you can make insane. You can teach kid insane profit margins. Yep. Yeah, and, and that's jack up that just price even more than the seven dollar lemonade place, which is probably also powdered. And they yeah, just probably. throw like a mint in it or call. Ugh. Yeah, put like a. It was like what when my grandpa was in the army. He told me they used powdered eggs and then they broke real eggshells into it. And people were like, "Well, it must be real eggs." That's <laughs> disgusting. That's ingenuity. So smart. That's why we win wars. <laughs> <laughs> was he in the American army? Oh yeah, the American army. Ah, there you go. That's it. Go army. Go. That's the podcast. Support everybody, the support the troops. <laughs> support your local lemonade stands. <laughs> yep. Cap, Cap, uh, Adam Van Levson. Thanks for doing the pod. Hey, pleasure. Buy his book. Producer Matt, as always, did a great job over there. Working so hard over here. <laughs> Cap, that's Get the it. man some lemonade. Thank you to the beer that they, someone brought up here. I hope there's a permit for that beer. Cap, what should we do? Let's get lost. Get lost. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.